Welcome to the ChatGPT Report. I'm your host, Ryan, and today we have a very special guest with us today. Her name is Schneerzana Padirna, and she's the art director and founder of a fashion and technology company called Schneerzana NYC. As an art director, she brings the latest technology to the world of fashion and film while merging the latest advancements in digital fashion, real-time rendering, and wearable tech. And she was one of the first artists to use 3D printing to produce everyday clothes and runway looks. Shinerzana, thank you for joining us today. How are we doing today? Hey, Ryan. Thank you for having me today. Great. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I am extremely excited about this conversation. So let's get right into it. We'll try and keep these interviews within 20 minutes, like I tell the audience. So let's get right into it. Shirzana, what emotion were you looking to evoke from your line of fashion? Because if we look at it, it's very appealing and very interesting just to me. So what, what emotion was that you were looking for? It's interesting that you started with emotion because actually fashion is about emotion. So I appreciate that. And I would say curiosity. Um, you know, it's something about um, that innovation brings out of people. I think I want my uh, viewers to be curious about why I use certain technologies in some pieces. Uh, it, either it's a wearable tech or just a fashion piece. So, yeah. Or um, other than curiosity is a sense of <clears throat> encountering a beauty. Mm. Very good. I like that. Yeah. And it, it kind of goes into a, another question I had with there where you had were quoted saying, artists create demand for innovation. Um, can you expand on that as well? Um, yeah, you know, people tend to think about artists um, that they might not be tech-savvy or pretty conservative in their choice of medium, but actually when artists recognize some tool, um, and in my experience with either 3D printing or AI, um, actually artists push the boundaries of it so fast because Artists try to use this tool in an unusual way. You know, uh, as a designer, you're always trying to um, take the tools <laughs> that are available and combine them in um, unusual uh, ways. So I feel that this demand from artists to explore and um to uh, really, <laughs> I would say, so I feel like artists pushing mm. the boundaries. Very good. And I've seen it mostly with AI and 3D printing. Yes. Very good. And, and, and you've made some pretty incredible, um, you've had some pretty incredible collaborations as well, uh, specifically with NVIDIA GE Force for gaming theme fashion collection as well. So yeah. how do you balance the aesthetics and the tech integration? Because I know there's a lot of people asking about that. Uh, it's actually a very good question. You know, the most interesting thing about collaboration uh, with NVIDIA GeForce was that we created this collection um, in it was it was very um, bright experiment because 
doing a fashion collection for a tech company, it means that we had to tap into two completely different audiences. And we had to appeal to these audiences, which are gamers and fashion insiders. So um, talking about aesthetics, um, it's supposed to be, it was supposed to be like something that caters to gamers and fashion insiders. So I actually took my favorite aesthetic, which is cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but And I imagined how cyberpunk and uh, fashion tech can be actually worn in real life by people who are interested in fashion. And I think we, we did pretty fine. And um, talking about tech integration into something aesthetically pleasing, um, I think tech is perfect for the beauty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I think it's the question of uh, thinking about your target audience or the main goal, why you're doing this. Um, and to combine tech and aesthetic, uh, it usually works when you know what your goal is. Absolutely. I like the cyberpunk as well. So that, that definitely resonates with me. Um, so, and, and then I have to ask a more, I, I guess, under the hood type of question. Again, you don't have to go too far under the hood because this is Ryan you're talking to, and I'm a very above the hood type of guy. But how do you use AI as an art director in your projects? Can you walk me through that process? Oh, uh, there are so many applications of AI recently, and um, I've been <laughs> I've been digging into this topic for the past two years, uh, as a lot of people, right? And um, so right now I work on cinematics. Um, so besides you know fashion tech and digital fashion, I work as a film director, but in cinematics on Unreal Engine, and. Um, me and my team, we actually, we use AI almost each step of the pipeline because when you realize that AI is not a threat <laughs> to an artist, um, it actually, it pushes your production pipeline so fast. You know, it makes you uh, as effective as 10 artists. Uh, so how we use it? Um, of course, initial concept art. Um, something to get the, uh, you know, real and alive concept artist to start with. So I can visualize uh, ideas from um, storyboarding, basically. Uh, But another thing that I really liked recently, um, talking and analyzing scripts with ChatGPT. And not writing scripts, but analyzing them. And I found this very interesting because um, um, what is the most um, anticipated thing for a director or a screenwriter is how your audience is going, uh, is going to perceive your work. Mm-hmm. So I give ChatGPT my script and I ask them to analyze it using different methodologies uh, and predict where the real viewer could have a problem and it's usually very insightful like you know your 
character arc is not working in this moment. The viewers might, so and so on. I found it very helpful. It's like having so your own. It's, it's both, like having your own editor with yeah, you, right? Um, not only editor, but film critic, mm-hmm. and it's so cool. Uh, so both visual stuff and analyzing and marketing strategies. <laughs> Yes, for, absolutely. Uh, for film. And, and I think you, you make a great point there. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've plugged into ChatGPT or one of the large language models, and I've, I've said, hey, give me, a, give me a rating out of 10 on how good this email or this proposal is. And, you know, it'll tell you, hey, I'll give us a 7 out of 10, and here's why. And so I think going through that is a really, really good tool, especially for the scripting and, and, and all that. That's really solid. Now, for do you use... Um, any imaging services like Midjourney or Dolly or Leonardo or any of those for your projects? Uh, yes, I use Midjourney mm-hmm. a lot. Okay, that that makes sense. Midjourney to me, I, on our show, I tell a lot of people I I pay for the subscription for Midjourney, and I think it's it's top tier for sure. Yeah. And and I in your Instagram, I, I could get that feeling a little bit just because they do have, you do have some fantastic pictures in there that I'm sure was created through that. So that's very good. Oh, uh, Ryan, to be fair on Instagram, I usually always caption where I used AI. (laughs) I know that soon it's going to be a problem, you know, in the future, even in a year or so, um, it's really hard to distinguish artist works (laughs) where AI or not. Yeah, so okay, I well, intentionally leave a capture there, yeah. I like that. I like that. Easy enough, but it, it really is some fascinating stuff. Now, I guess back to more of the digital fashion side of things, you know, we talked a little bit about AI, but how is digital fashion in your eyes already changing consumption habits, and what do you think are the repercussions of that moving forward? Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you use the word repercussions here. Um, because I think it's actually advantages. <laughs> uh, so digital fashion, um, I think, um, appeared, you know, in such demand and um, it uh, evolutionized uh, during the pandemic. That's what I felt because digital fashion always existed, you know, with digital clothing mm-hmm. from video games or in films, it's always been here. But the digital fashion as we know it right now, I think it's um, really expanded during the pandemic. And it um, it arrived to us in the right moment. Uh, exactly when people, I think, got tired from fast fashion. Uh, it's a lot of overconsumption, you know, a lot of people buying clothing uh, just to throw it away after like one time, one time or two times uh, to wear it and throw it away um, to basically take photos in this clothing. So right now when people realize that you might not only buy something that you don't need, uh, you can buy something digital and wear it for the picture that, and also it can look much more futuristic or unreal or interesting than, you know, your hundredth uh, dress in the closet. So I 
think it's changing uh, cons um, consumption habits in a very uh, good and um, sustainable way. Very good. Yeah, I said I probably shouldn't have used the word repercussions. You're right on that. I would. It's more of a what's a consequence, I, I guess, of all that. So that makes sense. It's very, very interesting to hear about that. Now back to kind of your line of stuff. You know, you, you've made a bunch of, of um, lines and whatnot. And what was your favorite collection? It might not be the one with the most accolades that you've created, but you know, what was what was your personal favorite one? Um, yeah, my favorite collection was called Digital Folding of the World that I presented at Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. And the reason why it is favorite, um, I with this collection, I told a story. I think the storytelling was very uh, personal and uh, very close to uh, what inspires me. Uh, it was also very cyberpunk. <laughs> okay, we're back, we're back um, to that. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I had a lot of 3D printed pieces and uh, people at the show or even uh, looking at the pictures, they cannot distinguish that it is 3D printed because I created 3D printed fabrics that behave as uh, conventional fabrics. Uh, so for me, it was a super interesting R&D process, mm -hmm. uh, research and development. I'm really into that. And um, it told the story of in a news, like a girl made out of chrome that exists in between digital world and real world. So I had a lot of 3D printed pieces coming out and physical world, uh, as well as 3D renders that were printed on the fabric, covered in silicone, and so it's a lot of experimentation with materials. That is that is very cool. I like that. I like I like how you mentioned the storytelling aspect. It wasn't just a, you know, hey, this is a piece of clothing. It was like it, it told a story. I love that. And I, I kind of have a question that's a little off script here, it, uh, more practical. How do you wash this material, or do you wash it? <laughs> Oh, uh, actually, I had to wash it so many times because, you know, uh, after you release a collection and, you know, uh, fashion stylists start to notice it, they ask for your clothing um, uh -huh. for photo shoots. And usually it is a disaster <laughs> after already a couple of shootings. So you actually wash it as you would wash, uh, for example, silk. Okay. Yep. So, like cool water or like slightly warm water no detergent okay <laughs> a little bit of soap now do you do any um any like uh or the, the actual clothing that that has the designs on the outside and then you put more i guess filler clothing on the inside so you can wash that clothing is has there been any of those designs in your in your repertoire yeah it's uh... Yeah, sure. Both. <laughs> okay. No, I, like, like I said, a little off script. I I just had to ask that because it was more so as you're talking about it. I was just getting curious. Like, wait a minute. There's gotta you gotta wash it somehow. So <laughs> yeah. easy. Enough. And you have uh, and you know if you have electronics on your clothing, so you always have to make them detachable. So mm -hmm. you don't ah. you just wash everything without electronics. Okay. Easy enough. Well, 
I really appreciate you talking with me today. And I have one last question for you. I ask a lot of people this because I interview individuals like yourself who are pushing the boundaries, who are, who are doing incredible things. And we talk a lot about our accolades. But I'd love to talk about what is a failure in your career that will stick with you with either, man, I won't make that mistake again, or that was a pretty interesting lesson from that. So, you know, what, what is a, a lesson or a failure that you've had in your career that, that has made you think that? Hmm. Hmm. You know, this question uh, really sends me down the memory lane <laughs> of countless uh, fails in my career. Hmm. You know, it's I hate to bring a sore subject this. up, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. But, you know, it's, uh, to sum up sales that might have uh, happened, I would say that I gave up too easily too many times. Like, mm. well, you know, there's times when I gave up on some project uh, because I thought that I can't make it or I'm too no, stressed to do it or you know too busy to do it um i think these are the times when i would think that um i failed Mm. yeah very good i like that well, Shazana, really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, we are under the 20-minute time cap here, so I will close this out here. I really appreciate you coming by and dropping by and, and uh, telling us a little bit about your story, and, and I'm very glad you were on the show. Thank you.